We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Oh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know My Christmas ain't never been white. It's always been black people there. Oh, it's actually bright. (laughs) My Christmas ain't never been white. It's always been black people there. (laughs) My Christmas. Santa Claus Claus is there. Santa Claus is a white guy. So when I know, because when I was a kid, my dad was like, ain't no Santa Claus. I put these presents (laughs) in the tree. I never, <laughs> I never you, got that joy. Did you see the Christmas episode of uh, Blackish? Do you watch Blackish? You no, the- my parents love Blackish. They always tell me about it, but I I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> it was real. It was real, real crazy. They um that that was one of the statements in there. Um, it was like nah, I've, I've always been. He was saying how he couldn't he couldn't believe in Santa Claus and he couldn't believe that. Like Santa Claus was a white man. And it was this whole thing because he wanted to be the office Santa Claus, um, so he wanted Santa Claus to be black. And Jennifer Lewis, she you know she plays uh, the mom, the grandma, and and she was just like Santa Claus ain't Santa ain't no white man put nothing under that tree. It was hilarious because it's like that's how black people are for real. That's how black like black parents are. Uh uh-uh, uh no, but it's it's crazy though because we were allowed to like my mom got. I don't think my mom never told us that it wasn't Santa Claus. We just, because for a, a, a while, I actually believed it. Um, and then I remember maybe I was around like six when I started questioning it. And then I like went and spent Christmas with my dad and my brother was like, ain't no Santa Claus. Because <laughs> my dad, when we would we would be with him for Christmas. He would tell us we had to like make Christmas cookies. Um, and he would sprinkle the crumbs outside because he stayed in an apartment. So he would sprinkle, sprinkle the crumbs outside the apartment door. And then he would put some like by the steps that's like way down from his apartment door. So I remember being amazed as a kid, like, oh, Santa Claus came. And we used to have to leave an apple for Rudolph. And I was like, Rudolph ate the apple. Oh, this was so cool. My brother's like, ain't no Santa Claus for that. They putting them gifts in there. He was like, you ever realize that they don't ever go to sleep when you go to sleep? Yeah, because they the ones doing it. I was like, dang, man. Ain't no Santa Claus. Mike Plus. <laughs> Ain't no Santa Claus, man. <laughs> did, you, did you hear um, him singing Hello by Adele? Man, I'm not dealing with that dude. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> man, I ain't, I ain't fooling with Plies. Plies is crazy. It's so crazy, though, because Plies has gone from a rapper to an internet star. Yeah, well, you know. You, you got, got something you need. Sometimes you need to switch gears. He he thinking outside the box. I don't think he get any money from that, but um, he's saying relevant. Yes, I, I mean I guess that you know, and it, it is. He, he, did he go to your school? Nah, he went to USF. He didn't oh. go to UC. Nah, I mean we don't we don't you produce. Don't him. We don't produce him like that. I'm just not just oh. playing. <laughs> That's how stereotype our people. 
He's actually a really, really educated dude, though. It's um, it's it's always interesting though to see the personas that people put on, like the characters that people create for success. Which is nothing wrong with it, because I mean, people have been doing it forever. Is that success? I mean, he was he, he was he was successful in the hood. He had his his "I Am the Club" song. Look here, I used to be riding out on that song. I would sing it, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, you got your one song for the show. <laughs> so every time, ever since I found out that I'm moving to Tampa, I start thinking about Tampa Tony and keep joking. Keep joking. They looking. I I keep joking, man. I remember seeing when I got to UCF and we were like doing, and there was some people. We should never seen nobody joke, and I was like, it was like we heard the song. I just never seen nobody joke before, and I'm like, bro, how y'all, how y'all missed it? This was this was it for a minute. We I love like, that song. I still love that song. And he had some song, City's Boy or something. Oh yeah, do the City Boy. That was yeah, that was that came out when we was in high school too. Yeah, it was dope, especially at the skate station. Yeah. So you know. Come on, shout out to Tampa Tony. Like Wait, wherever you, wherever you at when I move to Tampa, let's hang out, you know. We sound and, like old people. We reminiscing on, like, the old club hits. We sound like my parents, like. And kids, people it's probably. better than this stuff they got out now, man. People now, probably listening maybe. to the show, like, what, is, what are they even talking about? Especially people that's not from. So I think Tampa Tony is just in Florida. I don't know if people outside of Florida know Tampa. No, they need no, to re-release and he need to go national because that's so much better than this Nene and Whip. <laughs> but the, the Nene dude was upset. Did you see on Twitter how he, like, commented that, like, no, he didn't get a Grammy nod? Wow. Did he yeah. think that something was coming from that? But popularity? Which yeah. is. And I, I, I just didn't. I mean, I will give him, though, the song did Is that crawl. Silento? That's his name? Silento? Yeah. Watch me whip. Watch me nay-nay. Yeah. And with a name like Silento, I mean, it's it's a lot. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know who. I don't know the dude's name. I just know it's like a, a little. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, Silento. But he like he he tweeted saying like, "Oh no, Grammy nod. I guess that means I got to go harder. I got to prove y'all wrong or something like that." It was kind of on the same lines of Omarion, his whole little, you know, rant thing about not getting the Grammy nomination. Which, uh, you know, I guess I never not a knock to him, but I never thought that the song would the Grammys would look at the song. It was a popular song. It did impact culture. Everybody and their grandmas doing it. Literally, you got old people doing it. But I just didn't think that the Grammy committee would say that this is going to be something that we need to nom- nominate. Like, this would need to be nominated because it's almost like a, one of my friends compared it to, like, Soldier Boy. Like, one of my friends is like, it's it's like Soldier Boy. Like, Soldier Boy didn't get, you know, it's not really going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like Soldier Boy's song was a bigger hit. I don't know. I feel like with I didn't see as many old like people of all races were doing the whip nene. I didn't really see that many. I saw our people doing. Well, social media wasn't as big as it was when it came out. Yeah, that's true. That was back in what, like two thousand four, two thousand five. I don't think like Facebook, like face. In I think about two thousand five, Facebook is definitely not what it was when we started. When you had to have a. Uh, at youruniversity.edu. Right. It was better when it was like that. 
I always say that, but I guess, you know, in order to expand, it had to do it. So how was your Christmas, Lisa? It was great. It was great. We had a crab boil and barbecue for Christmas because we were tired of the traditional Christmas food. So it was good. How was yours? Only Jacksonville, Florida. And I had my check soda, orange pineapple. I thought my little sister was joking. I talked to my little sister and she said, she was like, there's so many people in Jacksonville that's having crab balls for Christmas. And I'm like, Jacksonville, Florida. Only in Jacksonville will people have crab balls on Christmas. <laughs> Jesus don't want no crabs. <laughs> Jesus is good. for the crabs, a, too. Jesus is good on the crab balls. <laughs> my friend, uh, well, you know Kim. She went to school with both of us. But she put on, because I posted the picture of the crab ball and the orange pineapple check soda. And I, my caption was Christmas essentials. And she wrote Duval. Because like, <laughs> that's the only place. That is the only place that you're going to find somebody. That's, yeah. And here I am. I spent Christmas uh, away from the family this year. It was it was real interesting. Um, it made me realize how close I am with my family members. My sister called me a million and ten times. Christmas night, I actually ended up being on FaceTime with my little sister, um, my baby sister, for maybe like two and a half hours. We didn't get off FaceTime until like two o'clock in the morning. Um, she's up showing me her gifts and it was, it was like, it was like so nice, but uh, it was, I mean, it was cool. Christmas was, Christmas was a good time. I cooked, I was extremely domestic. I cooked like a full meal. I cooked sweet potato pie and oxtails and chicken and mac and cheese. I used to cook cornbread. It was I cooked so much stuff. It was it was good. And I invited, I had a few friends that came over. And so, you know, it was a real chill. It's different. It's 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 really different. Like saying, man, I'm away from home. And I could have gone home because I found like some flights, but after the whole Vegas trip, I was like, look here, I'm tired of being on a plane. I missed my flight to Vegas. Yeah, I missed my flight, so I had to spend the night in San Francisco airport. It was just, you know, <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting, but I had a great time. It was it was really interesting, but I definitely had a great time. So birthday celebration was on point. What is dope? What Merry Christmas and Happy Birthday? Hey, happy birthday to me! Happy birthday! So. Now it's time to get into this good scroll. Um, your boy, Mr. Steve Harvey. Yeah, that's the, that's the dude. <laughs> Steve, man. He messed up. That joke was funny, man. I, I I don't... It was sad for looking at the girl from the girl standpoint. Yeah, when you consider them, it was written. I felt really bad for the girl because she had like a real moment. She had a moment where... You know, she was standing there. The camera's just on her. She's crying. And, and I didn't see... I only saw the clip. But she's crying. You know, fans are waving. Her country standing up. Columbia, yada, yada, yada. And then he came out. And the way he said it was... He was like, the first runner-up is Columbia. And everybody was like... <gasps> and I was like, dang, man. But it was kind of... I don't know. I think it the, the backlash of it for me was the funny part because not, it, it's definitely a serious thing but I just laughed because people were defending Steve Harvey like you know 
there was this thing that was talking about like how racist it is to go in on him. There was another post that people made. It was like an article going around um, that was talking about protecting the men of God and the world going to come against the men of God and you got to protect them. And I was like, y'all, it's not that serious, yo. Like, he's a comedian. He rides on people all the time. He called people stupid all the time. Like, that's just what he does. So... I think, you know, the memes, I'm quite sure his response to the memes is not going to be like, oh, my life is over. I'm so embarrassed. I'm sure he probably was embarrassed initially. But like, as with any comedian, you can find the joke in it later on. I don't think he was like, you know, tripping on it like that. But, you know, and I'm like, guys, he picks at people for a living. That's what he get paid for. Have you ever listened to the strawberry letter? I mean, the strawberry letter, he goes in on people. For real, for real. All kinds of dumbs and stupids and you need to get your life together. So how could I mean, you make that mistake? How could you think that that's so stupid? And I and that's why I didn't feel bad for Steve. Cause I one of my favorite things to listen to is the strawberry letter when I listen to it. And he goes in on people and he clowns people yeah. for not having their life together. So it's just like, well, you know, he could take a couple jokes. He does this to people all the time. Right. I mean, I didn't think it was that serious for people. And he's getting renewed. He's 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 okay. I saw this headline from like Ricky Smiley Morning Show that said that he actually has um I think he has like uh shit he's he's part ownership of Miss University Miss Miss Universe or he has some sort of basically he's like getting paid no matter what. So it's it's just one of those things of like y'all, y'all don't know the whole story and people really I feel like people really get in their feelings in defending this man when people are just making jokes. Nobody said he was the worst person in the world, but you know in the day of social media and the internet, people are just gonna come out with all these memes and it's gonna be a moment that you know the internet's gonna go crazy, but in like twenty minutes it's gonna be on to somebody else. So just like let you know let the wave ride like. Stop taking it that serious. Yeah. And and he even joked about it on Christmas. He posted a picture on Christmas and put um, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like Merry Easter or some junk like that. My friend said it to me. It was like, Steve Harvey posted this. And I was like, see, this is how you know. It ain't that serious. Yeah, he just, he going about his business. And people actually are going to, I didn't know it was on because I don't watch it. <laughs> so he made it relevant. And then people are going to watch next year because of his because mess of up. That. Exactly. And he's hosting again. Exactly. And they, they would be very smart marketing-wise to play that up. I feel like that... I don't want to say it was done intentionally, but I, I feel like when the the people that are over, the executives that are over Miss Universe, when they sat back, they was like, oh, we're going to be popping next year for real, for real. Like, And that's why we're going to bring him back. Because if we don't bring him back, these people are not going to watch. But we're going to bring him back. So people are going to be waiting to see like what happens. And I'm quite sure he's probably going to make a joke about it next year. Like, here's the winner. This is the exact winner. I'm sure it's the winner. They might have somebody else. It would be funny, though, if they had Kanye West come out and be like, excuse me, Steve, but the real winner is. That would be hilarious. Yeah, they need to pay Kanye and make a, a joke out of it and kind of turn up or make like the other people from last year come miss columbia yeah i don't know miss columbia probably like i'm done with y'all because she probably i did feel bad for her it was kind of humiliating though but you know speaking of humiliating your boy r kelly (sighs) he walked off of post live and i'm just like i honestly i was surprised that that was even 
a question that was asked because it's been so long ago. Um, and it's just like, y'all going to ask this again. Well, I thought he was talking about his new album. So I don't know. I was surprised. I was shocked that that was even a question that was asked. And then I was shocked to know that he walked off. Um, and I guess it's like, and man, didn't want to talk about it. I mean, people were like writing blogs saying he was a coward and he's a rapist. Or like, why do we still support R. Kelly? And it's just like, well, I don't know if anybody's still. I mean, to me, R. Kelly's music kind of went down when he was when he started had that zoo album, and everything was about animals. You know what I'm talking know, about? I didn't even know about it. So it was like um, we doing it like monkeys, and ooh, ooh, ah, it was just too much. <laughs> what? I was just like, it's too, yikes. It's I can't, you gotta stop being inspired by everything. <laughs> everything can't be about that. Like just, <laughs> just make another right. I believe I can fly. It's got the zoo, it's just too much. Yeah, I, I didn't know kitchen. About then it was the kitchen and it, the the appliance. I did the like kitchen. that song. Yeah. Over by the kitchen, something by the stove. Yeah. It's that everything uh, any object, he he just start writing a song about it and he make <laughs> it about um sex for some reason. Yeah, that that's what sells. It's him and his uh, protege is um, uh, what's the? I'm gonna make it. I'm about to die. Trey Songz. That's the that's man. I'm like, what's his name? Yeah, uh-huh. you didn't know that. I mean, well, just in the sense that he basically snatched. I don't want to say snatched his career, but he's Trey Songz is the succession. I just of don't R. feel Kelly. like he gets seen like, like. Kelly. I feel like R. Kelly is like a he he does his like sometimes he does the background. He does the lead vocals. He does the production. He can really sing live. I just don't get all that from Trey songs. Well, I feel like just in terms of like the type of artist he is, in terms of the, the topics of the music, they the same. They the same dude. It ain't no difference to it. But yeah, but R. Kelly though, the whole Huff Post thing, I wasn't surprised that he walked off. I wasn't surprised at his response. I do feel like what happened, because I'm like, I mean, people kept going in, was like, oh, he was a coward. But I was like, what I feel like happened, because artists do this all the time. I feel like this man came, He his people probably were like, look, here are the things that you, we want, a list of questions that you're going to ask. The list of questions that they said they were going to ask were probably, you know, very PC, nothing that was going to ruffle no feathers. And then his people probably said, don't ask about this specifically. And then when he got there, she brought it up and she wouldn't let up. Like she kept pushing them forward. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that were saying like, I can't believe y'all still support R. Kelly and I can't believe you still listen to him. And I'm not, I mean, I don't, I don't think I even own an R. Kelly CD. I respect his craft. I respect his music. I actually do have an R. Kelly CD. Anyway, I respect his talent, and I feel like that I was bumping to this this music before I even knew. You know what I'm saying? Before I was in conscious, before I was in, I knew anything about it. Him as a person, though, it does it does kind of make me say like, um, uh, because there's a lot of you know accounts and stories of him going to prey on a certain type of female. It's always a, a girl that's from the hood that is less educated, has a lot of, uh, like, a little credibility. People will think that, you know, she's a gold digger and something. He can, like, manipulate the story and treat her a certain kind of way. So I'm definitely against that. Um, but I feel like it's just one of those things of y'all can't be too shocked. I'm sure that this man, he's, all artists are calculated in the sense that I want to pre- be presented in a certain light. So 
he probably flipped out because it's like, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't come here for this. I came here to promote an album. If you didn't want me to talk about my album, my album solely, you shouldn't allow me to come up here. Don't use this as an opportunity to ask questions, to get feedback so that people can blow up on you. I mean, I can blow up on you so that you can get more viewers because everybody's going to to watch it and it's live. It's live streaming on the internet. So, you know what I'm saying? This is like, people can be watching this on their cell phones. They can be watching it on the computer. Like, you just knew that it was going to be a thing. And I feel like in that regard, the girl that was interviewing him, she knew exactly what she was doing. Um, and probably HuffPost as, as a whole knew exactly what they were doing. And that's why he flipped out. Not saying that he right or wrong, but it's like, you kind of got to understand why the man flipped out. Like, he didn't want to talk about that. That's not what he set it up. You can agree or feel however you want to feel, but that's what the man did. Like, he ca- probably came in with certain terms and those terms weren't met. So he was like, all right, I'm, I'm bouncing. Yeah. And I feel like it's extreme to say people that like still like his music support a rapist. I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think that people have can can know how to separate things in their minds. So, yeah, and for some people I w- will also acknowledge too that it's it's hard. There's certain things for certain types of artists that I would say, "Oh, heck no, nah, like I'm not going to support you because that thing hits home for me." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like this story for a lot of people, a lot of people don't feel connected to it and at the end of the day as well, he was never um he wasn't charged in the, the major cases. He wasn't charged with it. So a lot of people probably just like, "Oh, well, you know what? Innocent until proven guilty." He wasn't proven guilty, so they feel like they can just keep walking and it not really be a thing. So it's, it's really much like the Bill Cosby thing. It's a real, it's a real great area. I feel like though, that R Kelly may be a little bit more intense just because he's still creating art. He's still putting things out there with Bill Cosby was about, you know, wiping away or, or snatching the Cosby show and his legacy, if you will. But R. Kelly, he's still out there performing. He's still touring. And so you have all of these people, even some young girls, you know, that'll be out there supporting R. Kelly. And I will say, you know, seeing a young girl like on the Soul Train Awards, young girls <laughs> grabbing at him and running to him, that's a little awkward for me. I'm like, all right, where, where your mama? Get your mama. At least get your old looking, get an older looking lady to come. You know, it just just seems a little bit more appropriate. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I haven't enjoyed his music since he was. I think the last one was stepping Step in the name there. of love, and after that, I just was like, all right, it's a little bit interesting where you going, the direction you going. I don't want to go with you, so I'll let you have that. Yeah, and as if things didn't get, things can't get crazier or worse. I know you heard about the non-indictments uh, or any of the officers in the Sandra Blase case or Sandra not even Bland. case. Yeah, Sandra Bland. I'm sorry. In the Sandra Bland situation, like, there was no indictments at all. They didn't see a reason or that anybody would be at fault for this mysterious death or this quote-unquote um, suicide that happened, which is... Disappointing, but unfortunately not surprising. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I wasn't surprised that they didn't get indicted um, because of the... I felt like that's the climate we live in as far as police. 
and because they had already ruled it they ruled it i don't think it was a suicide but since they ruled it as a suicide i figured that it, an indictment wasn't coming you know what i'm saying because yeah and it's unfortunate but it's like this is why we have to keep pushing you know for um investigations in police departments this is why we have to because these things are going to keep happening and non-indictments are going to keep um happening if we don't continue to push for you know some real changes systemic changes to be made absolutely and this is why i i say that all the time and i'll continue to say it use your social media platform use your voice use your actions get out and be a part of putting pressure on your politicians asking them those tough questions um pushing back on people that say black lives matter is anti-american or it's anti-police or it's anti-white or anti all of this stuff it's not anti-anything except uh brutality and injustice and it's very much so pro everyone trying to i mean creating a platform where everybody's can treat it treat it fairly so for people that say these things don't matter, we wouldn't even know about Sandra Bland had it not been for her family pushing people on social media, pushing their, you know, their their friends or followers and th- those people pushing it. And really, it became this storm that we all have and we all know about and we're able to get these updates nationally on a national news circuit because of social media. So keep on it, keep pushing it and we got a lot, a lot of work to do, and I feel like every little bit counts. It does. Absolutely. Well, that was it for the squirrel this week. We will be back with our main dish. Well, now we're back with our main dish. Our main dish. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Came with Who the main with? dish. The main dish. I feel you like any song with Chris Brown on the hook. You came with. I think that's really the only reason, as we were talking about the scroll or Marion had a hit, honest. I, <laughs> you don't think it was because of the groceries comment? I think it was the groceries comment. No, because. I don't know. Maybe so, because it was like a shock and awe factor. Yeah. But I think that even with that, because a lot of songs say a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> but because I was just like, um, <laughs> I heard one song, something of like it said in her mouth, just like toothpaste. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, my God, that is so disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, who consistently? Pr- why are y'all guys? Is this like over the top so i mean for me that i feel like hearing these songs these songs that they have out now they're so like random and vulgar that that comment in itself is not like enough if you compare it to other songs to push it over the top but you you know uh, i got to ride on you because you sound like somebody's mama you said they're so random and vulgar (laughs) (laughs) 
you sound like somebody's concerned parent. Like, my baby came home and they were saying these random and vocal <laughs> lyrics. And I was like, oh, no, honey, we're, we're putting you in a new school. You won't be going back to that school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you like look at the lyrics, like sometimes I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. it, cause you know, you kind of just go with the beat with songs when you're right, on the radio. Right, right. Then when you sit back and listen, you're like, wow, he just said that. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Yo, I've officially accepted the fact that we are getting old. Like, the things that, there's still things I can bump to. Like, I still, every time, like, these new songs, I mean, new dances come out, I secretly in my house still try to do it because I was the dude that, like, wanted to make sure I was up on the dances. So I, like, try to keep that going. But I realized there's certain things I'm like, you know, they're not marketing to me no more. Like, when people come out with new stuff, like, new dances, I'm not, a, I'm no longer part of that generation where it's, like, the age group, if you will, where they're marketing directly to me. Like, they're not considering my likes and dislikes anymore. <laughs> they're like, yo, this you're not even important. So, it's... It's okay, Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a We're hard old. pill to swallow, but, Almost you know, 30. Yeah, almost, but not there yet. So... You'll get there before me, though. So. Uh, let's get into this main dish before we end our friendship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So our main dish is actually, I was thinking about this this week as I've been evaluating my 2015 and I had this a book called The Five Languages of an Apology by, mm-hmm. um, what's the dude's name? Gary Chapman. He wrote Five Love Languages too, but he had Five Languages of Apology and it's like the, the, in this introduction, he's like basically saying that the apology makes or breaks like whether a relationship can continue, like you can forgive people without them saying, I'm sorry, but it's hard to reconcile with people not being apologetic for what they've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And it just showed like the levels of an apology that people accept and what's important in their apology. And so they have like this little quiz that you take. And for me, um, I was big on expressing my two top ones were expressing regret and I had another top one that was like accept responsibility and I just realized as I was reading I was like oh that's so important to me because it's like I have zero like the quickest way to make me lose respect for you is people that can't say I am sorry like Mm -hmm. I did x y and z I'm sorry I don't make excuses for it. I apologize. I was wrong. If if you can't do that, I have zero respect for you. Like zero. that makes a break Zilch. my respect level. And I, I was realizing like, I was thinking about like certain situations I've been in and I was like, what's the problem? Why can't I just like move past this? And I was like, they can't say I'm sorry. And I can't, I can forgive you, but I can't do nothing else with you. Like that's it. that's it. I forgive you for you know, and I love you. But as far as that's going on, no respect for you, bro. No respect for you. You know, Can can't do I it. Help you whatsoever. <laughs> Find someone else that can, because I'm not that dude. I, may I don't ever want to be that dude. Yeah. So you made me take the quiz, and at first I was like, man, this quiz think they know me. They don't know me. But then at the end, after I read the results, so mine was, well, my top, which was, there's actually a pretty big gap between the second and my top. My top is genuinely repent. 
Um, and at first I was like, well, I don't want a person to like repent to me. Like I'm, I'm God or something. I ain't no God. You ain't got to repent to me. But when they start to go into the, the depth of what that meant, which means that you have to acknowledge that you, there was a problem and that you accept responsibility for that, but not only acknowledge it, we got to talk about a plan for us to never be here again. I was like, yo, these people might know a little something about me. Cause this is me all I don't care what we go through, what kind of situation I've been in. When there's an issue and I have a problem and we talk about this problem and we don't come up with steps to take to make sure that we we aren't here anymore. My interest in moving forward is pretty non-existent because I feel like it doesn't happen overnight. Like and everybody's like, oh, you know, I didn't mean to do that. And oh, I'm sorry about it. You aren't sorry until you've recognized that you it really is a problem and you don't want to make these same mistakes again. You got to have a plan like we have to have a plan with everything in life. If you don't have no plan, then you're not going nowhere. And so it's like it's the same thing. And as I'm reading what they're saying, I'm like, dang, yo, I'm thinking about uh, uh, the most recent like falling out I've had with somebody. And that was the problem. The problem is. It's not that you wouldn't say I'm sorry. You can call me and tell me you're sorry all the time. And one of my things is blanket apologies, which I feel like are the biggest BS ever. Don't apologize if don't apologize because you feel don't apologize because I I'm upset with you. Literally, oh, I see you have how to you can feel that way. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's oh, like you really got to understand that. Yeah. This blanket apology. Oh, I'm sorry that we're here. No, you're not. Because you don't even know how we got it. You haven't even acknowledged. Tell me what you did exactly, exactly. that was because, wrong. Yes, because when you do that, <laughs> that's when we can actually say, look, now you know what the problem is. So we've talked about the problem. Now we can t- talk about steps to take not to be there. And the one thing I will say, because I'm always, you know, I always want to be fair to everybody, right? So I'm fair and this right with myself. If somebody tells me that I've done something that's wrong, particularly if I've done something to hurt them or offend them. My first thing is, you know what? Explain what that is to me and explain what your expectations were or what I could have done better. Once I get that, then I can say, you know what? I apologize for doing X, Y, and Z because that was wrong. Maybe I didn't know it was wrong. And maybe we need to talk about me not knowing it and how I could, you know, possibly think about you or consider you or consider an alternative in my actions. But the first thing I want to do is identify what that specific thing is and apologize for that specific thing. So for me, I'm like, I get that and I recognize that. But why other people don't? Why do people think blanket? I don't, I don't know one person that blanket apologies work for. I don't yeah, know. one. I, I just feel like blanket just, apologies are stupid. Like, I'm sorry. It means okay. absolutely. What do you? Because my thing is, I can't trust you to self-correct if you don't know what you did. My mom used to always say, "I know you're sorry. That's why we here. If you <laughs> weren't sorry, we wouldn't have this problem. So don't come at me telling me you're sorry. I, we got that. We've established that. That's why we have an issue. Let's start talking about what happened, what you did wrong. That's how we can move and, forward. And be, let me hear some. I'm. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done this. I feel bad because I hurt you. Like any apology that doesn't express regret that you've hurt the other person to me is like, I don't want to hear it. Like just keep it like this whole, I, I can see how that could have offended you or (laughs) obviously I'm offended and hurt. So say this offended you. I'm so sorry. Don't say that wasn't your attention. Keep that. I don't like that either. 
Yeah. Say this I, hurt I'm, you. I might be able to accept this wasn't my intention. Because you know, I, I feel like the, people like yeah. use that as an escape goat. I was gonna say I can I can I can accept that after we've had a conversation about the specific thing. Because one of the things um I remember this takes me back to, you know, when I had my dad and I had like th- th- we're going through this period. This was before he passed away. But we're going through this period of really talking about, um, you know, things that I held on to ways that I felt growing up. The reason that I felt so disconnected from him and our relationship had like changed to be something that we both uh, didn't want, if you will, and both didn't like. And he was like, I didn't understand what was going on. And you would seem OK in some ways. And then some things you just wouldn't talk about. So we were talking about that whole thing. And the first I remember he first started off one conversation and he was like, but I didn't mean and I stopped him. And I was like, if you are going to respond to everything what I just that I just said by what what you didn't mean to do, we might as well not even have this conversation because you're going to tell me what you meant to do. And at the end of the day, that's not what you did or that's not how it came across to me. So what you meant to do. It's it's like a unicorn. It doesn't even matter. Like you can find it, throw it out and blow it up somewhere because it doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't exist. But then after we talk about the specifics of what happened and then you tell me what your intentions were or how you didn't mean it and what you did mean, what that does is that gives me the opportunity to try to understand at this point what your mindset is. So then we can walk down the road of, okay, so this is where you're at. So based on where you were at in your mind and where I'm at in my mind, Here's how you need to come over to this part. Or here's how we need to bridge a gap or, you know, build a bridge so that we can walk over here together. I can give you that. But if you start off an apology with what well, I didn't mean to or I didn't my intentions weren't there or I intended oh, what I was trying God. to do. That just bruh. shut me down right now. I <laughs> just can't go on. I just be like, OK, thank you. I, I start right. counting sheep. I'd be counting sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing this book did help me to do was see that like people apologize different or receive apologies different. So yours is genuinely regret. Mine is expressing regret. So if I try to apologize to you the way I receive apologies, it's not going to work. Exactly. And sometimes we're speaking, we're really trying to genuinely communicate and it helps me be sympathetic a a lot. uh, Yeah. Empathetic, I guess. Um, When, when people do come to me, because some people, them expressing regret and sorry is like because the book like goes down to break down how psychologically in the child and childhood like apologies um languages are established and Mm -hmm. so if they've had a parent that's all like that's been really hard to deal with and always saying i'm sorry but never changes i'm sorry means nothing to them but i'm sorry might be big to you so you're communicating to them and they're like uh I don't feel like that is like something that's helpful to me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's kind of like shows you, okay, I need to give grace. Cause maybe you think this is maybe I'm sorry. You feel that way. It's that works when people come to you like that, or you need to hear that. So it's good to see what other people need. So you won't give them what you need. And I guess that's our part of knowing how to love people properly to study them and know what they need from you and don't give them what you need from them. Cause hmm. I feel like that's how we yeah. love people. We give yeah. them what we need to be loved instead of saying, what do you need? 
and that's that's that can be true. That's why I always say, honestly, relationships, friend relationships. When I mean, I mean that in any relationship, romantic or friendships or even family, like it's really tough, man, because it takes it's a lot of work. It's a lot of things you got to consider. And I'm the person that I always, you know, I don't want to just have. I've I've come to the place where I realize that in life you are going to have, you know, not so deep relationships with people. You're going to have some relationships that are just kind of based off of um, association or based off of you know you're a great person to hang out with or you're really good at this and we enjoy this same thing or you know we both may love uh star wars so you know when something star wars comes out you're going to be the person i go to i even i mean i even have some friends that like you are you're a concert goer you enjoy concerts you enjoy music so honestly when we talk we're talking about music so i've gotten to the place where i understand those types of friendships but i feel like you know when a person gets close to me for me, it becomes we're we're doing life together. You know what I'm saying? In in a large portion, a large sense. Not that you know you're walking to the bathroom and I'm sitting on the toilet with you, but it's just kind of like as you go through something, I'm going through it. We're sharing together. We're you know doing these things. So it means I have to learn about you and I got to be considerate of you. And as I'm telling a joke, I got to consider if this joke is going, you know, be offensive to you. I got to consider what you're going through. And if you're going to, it's just a lot of, it's a lot, a lot of work. And I think that, that I always say, you know, people, we, we thrive off of numbers. We thrive off of being able to say, you know, I have all of these friends and all these places. And that, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with knowing people. There's nothing wrong with having a network. You should have a network. You should know people. You should have, you know, multiple people that you can plug into. But I really think that when we start talking about friendships and we start talking about being close to someone and having like close friends or best friends, you know, you probably it's probably smarter to keep the numbers down just because that's a lot of work. And I don't really understand how people do it. Cause I'm like, look, with having a career, with trying to excel in this career, with trying to do, you know, what's necessary to go above and beyond and to grow in my career. And on top of, you know, give to, to family and try to start having some being able to date and all this other stuff you just don't have time for you know like a whole lot of frills and i don't have time to be like trying to be everybody's best friend and be on everybody's scene because i just don't think that that's it's not sustainable how do you do it how in the world do you do it and i already don't sleep enough so yeah i don't get it and it takes time to learn people like their quirks but i think you if you have people in your life that are consistently like, okay, what's your love language? What, how do you want me to apologize to you? How can I best serve you? What's the best way for me to love you? What's that somebody that's worth keeping versus people who just have blatant disregard and like, you know what, if you take it or leave it, this is what I'm giving that. Um, yeah, I, I'll just be like, yeah, you know what? I'll leave it because um, <laughs> there's good, other bro. people willing to do the work. And if you're not willing to do the work, it takes you not willing to have the hard conver- face-to-face conversations and set time aside to figure out what makes this person tick. Then I don't, I mean, people show you what they want and what they value by what they're willing to invest in. And if they're not willing to invest to learn what it best takes to love you, then, hey, you just frustrate yourself by staying there. Yeah, absolutely. 
So y'all, we gonna post this uh, test online, and y'all take it, and y'all tell us what tell y'all us what, yeah. y'all score is, um, and and see, tell us if it helped you, and hashtag chat BC. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm what I'm gonna do though. I'm taking this. I just got my results. I'm so I'm gonna take my results, and I'm gonna send it to all my friends first, and I'm gonna be like, look, I need you to read this. Just before you take your test and find out about you, I need you to read this, <laughs> so you know. Going for when there is a problem, because I was, you know, when you sent me the test, I, I've actually never taken the five love languages test, test and I've actually had a number of, yeah, there's been a number of times that I was supposed to take it, but I was like, I don't believe in that, John. That's okay. going to tell me. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to learn about the topic, but the in, the detailed intricacies, I always look at it like horoscopes, and when people be like, oh, let me tell you about your sign, and I'm like, I don't really care. But, so, I'm kind of, I thought about it the same way, but after taking this, I'm like, yo, this is real, like, because that's how I feel, you know, if you, if we don't come up with no plan to correct this, I can't help you. But so I think I, I'm all of them though, because I need to plan too. Like we need to figure out why this. Because right. if, it, especially if it happened more than one multiple time, times, yeah. if we done had this conversation and you still keep doing the same thing, if you're I'm a like, chronic offensor. Nah, I'm like, I'm go at, jail, how many times we got to talk about this? And they like, well, we keep talking about this because you keep doing the same thing, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out why we still here. So let me tell you something. Obviously, you can't make the change. So let me make a change and not be here anymore. How about that? Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well y'all y'all hit us up using the hashtag chat DC and we'll be back with Toaster Rose. Right, and we are back for the toast, a roast, the toast, the roast. I just made it's made me think about the you know back in the day everybody's like do the like booty popping music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just made me think about that. But toast the roast this week. Mine is I got a toast. I got to give a toast, and it's real simple. I got a toast to boys to men. When I went to Vegas, I went and saw boys to men, and it was great. I have. So the whole experience, I went with a group of my homeboys. They knew off rip. Everybody was like, you're going to start crying. I'm like, y'all, y'all think I'm so soft, man. Like, I'm not finna cry. Like, it's, you know. And at first I was like, there's a chance I could, but I ain't going to tell y'all that. Like, I'm going to be good. You know, I got this. Five, not even five minutes in. When they came out to the stage, like, I felt it because I'm like, people don't understand since i was five years old i've been watching videos of them i've been standing in front of the tv you can't singing like when i when i started singing i remember the very first time i performed i pictured myself doing what wanye wanye does i'm like i want to be like wanye i want to sing like him i want to perform like him i that's who I want to be. Like that's who I connect to. And then like when they would ever do, whenever they would do dances, I remember they did. They came out with the uh, video <clears throat> that Puff for the track that Puff Daddy uh, he produced, and 
I the whole dance sequence, I know it like the back of my hand. I would do it all the time. So it's like since I was five years old, since 1991, when they came out, I have been following their careers. And I've never been able to see them. Like growing up, we had no money, so I wasn't going to no Boys and Men concert. And every time like they would perform, I would just miss them. So I was like, you know what? This year, I have to. That was one of the things I'm like, I got to do while I'm in my 20s. And so when they came to the stage and like the lights came on and it was just, it blew my mind. But then I started thinking about my dad and I started remembering too that one of the things that we could always talk about or always get into was boys to men music. Like there were so many songs that I have all of their CDs. So there were songs that like, this is my favorite cut or these are like my favorite top five from the CD. And every time I would let him listen to it, he would, be like, oh, I really like this song. And I always pick up on background vocals and he would pick up on the same things. And he'd be like, my favorite part is this part. And I was like, nobody ever listens to that, but that's my favorite part. Or like a certain harmony. I'll be like, yo, you got to listen to, you have to listen to the bass on this part. Like, so it was like, that's what we connected on. So I just broke. But then at the end, it was dope because everybody, well, they, they allowed you to come down to the stage. So uh, I got to shake uh, Nate's hand, I got to shake Wanye's hand. Sean was kind of like all over the place, so I didn't get it. But I literally, I'm right there standing at the stage and I'm like recording the video. It was just dope. It was epic. So if you haven't been to Vegas, they're actually, their um, residency got extended to 2018. So oh, wow. they're going to. Yeah, so and it, which is really dope. That show is actually really, really good. It's high energy. Um, so if you are going to Vegas, even if you're not going to Vegas, I say make your way out there and see the show because it's really dope. And I've kind of made a, a pack with myself that I'm going to go see them every year until their residency ends. So we're going to see how that works out. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. So toast to Boys the Men because it was dope. I had a great time. I love Boys the Man. But when I was a little girl, I was watching, I think it was on the Grammys, my dad, and they were singing, I'll Make Love to You. And I was singing it. And I'm a little kid. And I, my dad was like, Stop singing that song. <laughs> 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 and I didn't know what, what, what why he got it. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand the song. Because <laughs> I was a little kid. I was just singing it. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but shout out to Boys to Men. Y'all, y'all make some dope music. I want to toast um, Donald Trump. I mean, not toast, roast. I'm Lord. I was God. like, oh, this is, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I want to roast him because he continues to say inappropriate things. Um, he just, I feel like he just doesn't, I don't, I think he does stuff for the awe factor. And it's crazy because I feel like he's sucking up all the the media attention from the GOP. So none of our candidates can get any air airtime because he's sucking it up. And they were like, he he's obviously he doesn't have a super pack with him. Bush has a super pack. Um, I think Rubio has a super pack, but Bush obviously has raised the most, and he's is not helping him one bit in the in the polls. Um, and it's just like. Even with all this money in the super PAC, he's outspending Donald Trump and he's still not working because Donald Trump is sucking up all the air in, on the Republican side. And it's like, I just, it's so funny because I didn't think he would be this relevant this long. Um, I didn't think he would even be in it. And it's just like, he's, he's like, he just won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Unfortunately. Donald Trump, it's just crazy. So, 
I, I definitely don't think he's going to be president, but he's basically this whole, I was talking to uh, my friend um, that works on the Hill, you know, Vanna. And I was just like, this is so crazy. Like, I just like, I've never seen anything like this election. It's, it's, uh, it's like bizarre. It's like a circus. I don't. I, just, I think a circus. Yeah, that probably describes it best. It's just like, it's just like a circus. I mean, I, I ratings for GOP um, debates are through the roof, but other than that, it's like a circus. Yeah, it's not serious. You can't take it serious. So, but that's your boy. That's your GOP. Your well, that's not my your, boy, but that's my party. That's your. I was around. just gonna say that's your grand old party. So they hate it. <laughs> they wanted to stop because it's like. It's the persona of the party is already bad, so it's just taking it down. Like, continue to drag it through the mud. It's like, oh god. Yeah. Well, Lisa's roasting a grand old party. <laughs> nah, but I mean, everything you said though is is really real. It's 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 really surprising. I think it's even surprising for Donald Trump though. He's probably like, honestly, I don't even know why y'all still got me here. But to y'all here, I'm just gonna ride it out because it is what it is. So I feel like he in cahoots with the DNC to take us down. <laughs> he's like, he's the biggest troll. I feel like he should get like the biggest troll award. Did you see the whole video where it was like an announcement? You click on this link. It's an announcement from Donald Trump that he's leaving out of the race. He's leaving a race, and then you click on a link, and it's like a video of him dancing. <laughs> I haven't seen it's, it. Yeah, it's it's real. It was real. I was like, yo, this is, if nothing else proves, this is clear proof that he is trolling all of us and everybody's falling into it. But you know what? Hey, he's like 40 some percent. So somebody likes him. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to leave you guys with this week's good vibe. This week's good vibe comes from our boy Rob Hill, which is actually right on time because Rob Hill, he was like on the show this time last year, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is pretty dope. Um, So the quote says, if I, if I ever ask you for the truth, know that I'm asking for all of it, not just pieces. Yeah, Rob Hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the truth if it's in pieces. <laughs> like you didn't tell me the truth, you like I need you know, and I and I think in all fairness, you gotta be able to when you ask for it, you gotta be prepared to handle it. But I we would just assume that if you're gonna ask for the truth, you are somewhat prepared to handle it and expect to get the whole truth. Because if I just get pieces of it, then yeah, it's just not a good sign, so. You know, people volunteer lies. They be like let me tell you this deep thing about myself and they only tell you pieces. Like, you could have kept that. You said volunteer lies. Yeah, people volunteer lies. People it's like, a let, volunteer me tell you, lie. let me tell you something deep about my life and they tell you, but they don't give you the whole part and yeah. it's just like, you could have kept it because I didn't know it was there. It, I didn't know it was happening. But if you're going to lie about something deep, then just, I can't. Leave it in 2016. In 2015. 2015. I was like, dang, you gonna see? They're gonna, they gonna have it in, 20, in 2016, too. Well, hopefully, they'll be true tellers in 2016. Gosh. Lord, I done met some liars. <laughs> well, as always, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to and checking our brunch culture. We appreciate you guys for rocking with us, for staying with us throughout 2015. It has been a great year. We've had some incredible, incredible successes. We've made some lists this year. We've been shouted out. We've had some 
awesome people on the show um and we've we've really expanded a lot so i'm definitely proud of brunch culture we love you guys we want to keep bringing you guys great content keep interacting with us keep letting us know what you think about keep sharing and listening to the show and we're also you guys notice this show is coming out on wednesday we are going to bring you brunch culture during the week because we realize one of the things that's happening is a lot of people are at work wanting to hear the show but you got to wait till saturday for the next show and so we're going to try to do brunch culture Throughout in, during the week, so we're gonna try to put it out on Wednesday, so that you guys get an opportunity to download it, listen to it at work, and it, it can be on your to do list as as opposed to like Saturday when you're already out at brunch and everything's going on. And we'll see how you guys like that. So let us know. As always, hit us up on social media on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. You can also check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. And yeah, follow Lisa, follow me. Let's get on it. We 2016 is going to be a great, great, great year for brunch culture. I know it. It's going to be an incredible year for everything that we're doing um, individually as well as collectively. So thank you guys. And we will see you guys next week. We'll talk to you next week. And remember here, brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.